0: Ask for Claritin-D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to claritin right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's because when you want something sweet you can't do better than Reese's find Reese's now at a store near you
1: don't focus on who you think is like not watching you because you never know really who is people could just be like lurking around and you know not commenting or anything like that but there are some people out there who maybe just discovered you or maybe have known you for a long time and like they'll watch you and you know one day somebody's going to contact you and you'll just be like you'll be blown away and you'll be so grateful you'll just be like i i had no idea and it's like that to me is just fun like it's awesome
0: what's up guys welcome to the greatness machine i'm your host darius mishaz and i'm so pumped to have you here with me now listen the greatness machine is about two things number one people are living their passions and number two those who are creating greatness in the world doing both of these despite the odds against them each episode we're going to feature interviews of world-class speakers and business leaders showcasing their origin story what made them tick what got them to where they are now so it can help you step into your greatness within your own life business and career occasionally you might hear a few solo episodes from myself moi, as i say as i leverage my 20 years in entrepreneurship as a ceo to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation and messages, and I'm stoked to have you guys here. (laughs) Welcome to The Greatest Machine. I'm your Sean. I'm your host, Darius Mishazne, and we have the one and only amazing Jessica Lawson. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi. Thanks so much for having me.
0: So happy to have you. And I was so having fun with Tay-Tay just now. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, the format of the show is quite simple. This is The Greatness Machine, and what we're all about is bringing greatness and really talking to people who are living their passions to create greatness in the world. So, Jessica and I, how long have we known each other for? Like 15, 16 years?
1: Yeah, I think so. When did you live go way back to to 2005.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so so my mom moved to San Francisco in four, and yeah, so so 15 years. We met 15 years ago. She was a roommate in my, my sister's place. But Jessica's been up to some really cool things. You're in Chicago now, right? And you are the owner and mover and shaker of the blog, the food blog and on Instagram and YouTube called Big Delicious Life. Am I correct? You are correct. And you are a community organizer and you are doing some really cool things. Now, I read that you're a self-taught baker. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So, um, I have been cooking ever since I was a kid. Um, I started out with my mom and my grandmother, like learning how to make cookies. My grandmother was an amazing, uh, baker and a pretty good cook. And so I just kind of grew up watching them and I got really interested in like it was just magical to me like being a little kid pulling up the chair to the counter and like watching all these different ingredients come together and turn into something delicious um so it's something that i've always been been fascinated by and something that i've done my whole life
0: so you and my sister that i know you through my sister laudan who's she, she was a guest on the show Did you see the episode with her yes <laughs> that was awesome i do i love that episode my sister is a baker too i don't know did you guys ever bake together you and Lauden?
1: Well, Laudan and I never actually lived together. I actually took Lauden's room when she moved out of the house.
0: Oh, really? Laudan
1: and I became really good friends because she was always coming back to visit and staying with your mom. Um, oh. I was with all of the other girls, but we did tons of, of cooking in there. And um, I spent a lot of time talking to Lauden, catching up with her about how she was uh, baking her way through all of her grandmother's recipes. So we've been chatting a lot about food. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, so I grew up with a grandmother who was like this epic baker too. And so it's, I mean, it's funny because my family is a family. I don't know if your family cooks as well, but my grandfather was like a really good cook. My, my, my mom's a pretty good cook. Some stuff she's amazing. But, and my sister and my grandmother was an amazing baker, but so this is all my mom, my mom's side of the family. So I grew up eating like amazing food. And then I'd go over to my friend's house <laughs> or like the best ones is if your grandmother's a good baker and you go to the bake sale at your school and the kids bring this like garbage bake goods, you're like, eat a, like a brick cookie or like, you know, stuff that's like store-bought. And you're like, I don't think I've ever had a cupcake that tastes that t- shitty before.
1: Yeah. You know? I mean, to this day, potlucks really aren't my thing. I'd rather just be <laughs> in control of
0: the whole situation. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally like perusing the table. I'm like bad, 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 bad. That looks okay, bad. Oh, that looks good. Bad, bad, bad. I'm like, shit, 80% of this food, it looks not even edible. <laughs> yeah. So you grew up with, uh, and so this is in your mom's side of the family or dad's side of the family? It's the grandma that was a baker.
1: This is on my mom's side of the family, but I also grew up with a mom who stayed at home with us for most of my life. So uh, my mom was, you know, the kind of mom and wife that had dinner on the table for her family every night. We ate as a family together. Uh, We maybe went out or got takeout one or two nights a week, but she cooked every single night. And so that was just something... I grew up with is like, that's what people do. And it wasn't until I got older, you know, and having to provide for myself, or even when I lived in the Dominican Republic, or, and even even before that in college, I think we all go through this period where we're like, wow, it's kind of like a chore and a big responsibility to feed yourself every day. Um, And it's really hard for a lot of people, but it taught me a lot about, you know, being resourceful and creative. And I found, you know, that being in the kitchen is often the only times I can feel 100% focused on something, um, because it's something I can engage all of my senses in. And so it's like the only thing that I do, it's almost like a meditative experience, because I can't do anything else when I'm focused on the food. Uh, And I think that's why I I took to it so much.
0: Yeah, no, no, I'm with you. I, I love to cook. I probably should cook more than I do, but I, like I, I, for the exact same reason you, you say, like, I love the process. I like the creativity. There's a lot of imp- improvisation involved and in, like figuring out what to do. I'm not a recipe follower. I mean, I can follow it, but I like kind of like do it by feel, you know?
1: Yeah. You know, that's been the hardest part for me about, you know, turning this into a situation where I'm creating is writing down the recipe is like, that is the thing that keeps me it's amazing now, but I feel like, or I am accountable to these people who are joining me and who are watching it on me and asking me questions um, to get those thoughts out of my head. So it's, it's looking a little bit different now in the kitchen, you know, I'm in there with a pen and a paper, like, okay, how much of that did I put in there making sure I'm writing it down, you know, so I can share these things. But before this, like I maybe own like two cookbooks that I've ever read
0: (laughs) what is your family's heritage like what is your background from from like my family the the cooking side is all italian so a lot of our stuff was either italian or italian-american a lot of it's from the steel mill town so there's a lot of like there's like polish recipes but a lot of it's like american food or italian based what is your family's like background in in, in cooking and food
1: both my parents are african-american my mom's from the south So there she's from Atlanta. So, you know, that's where my grandmother was. So also, you know, cooking with my grandmother growing up was a really special um, experience because I wasn't with her all the time. Um, So, you know, it was holidays or when she came to visit or when we'd go to Atlanta. So that kind of Southern influence, really comforting, like recipes that take a long time, you know, but are also very simple and easy and tasty. That's what I grew up on. But Um, as I got older and started to move around the country and even around the world, um, I just also became really interested in what other people were eating, where food comes from, what's available in certain areas. And it's just so interesting. You can get to know so much about people by, you know, joining them at their table and seeing what it is that they eat. And I think, you know, what really brought it out of me was when I was living in the Dominican Republic for about five years, you know, that's a place where just different products or or vegetables or, you know, things that you may want just aren't available. And so, you know, and there's not a ton of restaurants to choose from. So you have to get really creative and you also have to be willing to pivot. So you can go into the grocery store with a plan, uh, you know, and they might not have what you want. They might not be getting it. They might have something else. So uh, it was always like this really fun game of walking in there and seeing what was available and what could you make with that.
0: Why don't you
1: go to the DR again? I forgot about that. Um, Yeah, so I actually, I left, when I left San Francisco in 2008 is because the economy just like went nuts. (laughs) It was horrible. Um, So I left San Francisco. I had previously volunteered um, from an organization in the Dominican Republic. I moved back there to volunteer. Originally, I had the plan to like, okay, I'll just wait out this economic crisis for like a year or so. And then when I got down there, there was, you know, some unrest within the organization. And the founder of that organization and me ended up teaming up, breaking off and starting a new organization that was just for girls. And we kind of got in it at a time when everybody started paying attention to girls as a separate demographic than women and children. And it just blew up. And we started getting really popular and getting all this attention and getting an influx of money. Uh, And I ended up working there and living there for about five years.
0: Wow. I totally forgot you did that. So we got a couple questions coming over. First question is, do you have an absolutely favorite thing to bake?
1: To bake? You know, I'm like... So I'm a little bit weird about baking, you know, and it's also like your tastes change as you get older. So like I used to love to bake so much as a cook, like as a child. I'm a chocolate person. I love peanut butter. I'm not so much into like fruit pies and desserts and things like that. So I like cakes and I like cookies to bake for sure.
0: So you're savory
1: I am more like I definitely got more into cooking as I got more like out on my own and like into places where I'm like, wow, I really have to figure out what I'm going to eat here.
0: I'm with you on that. Like, I'm a I'm a savory food person too. Second question we have is, has the pandemic affected how and what you're baking? Yeah, I would <laughs> say so. So why, why don't, before we why, before you answer that question, why don't you kind of give the viewers background on the on how you started this whole thing? First of all, say what it is because I think I mentioned it, but. Like, give the whole story, if you don't mind.
1: Okay, the whole story. So uh, back in April, I can't believe it's only been four months, because I feel like I've been doing this for a year, and I also feel like it's a full-time job, which I do spend a lot of time on it. But, you know, I think that's also super important to say. You know, I'm new to content creating, but it is a lot of work. And you know it is like you have to love creating the content that you do, um, and really, really love it for for it to be successful because it shows, you know, if you're putting your whole heart into that or not. So, as everybody knows, like cooking and baking, I've you know just been before that. I was always kind of called upon to my mom kind of passed the torch to me for Thanksgiving and family parties, you know, every once in a while, I will cater a small family party or a baby shower or, you know, do a baking thing for a friend. And I would always get these things like you should go into the restaurant business, you need to be a caterer. And like, that just never really interested me like something about like the struggle and like the investment and like, obviously now I'm glad I didn't go into that industry because, you know, being in the restaurant industry is not really fun right now. And it's just not something that I ever felt that I wanted to put my entire self behind, but I've always been interested, um, you know, in, in doing food. And I actually happened to like being on camera. And I've always had a thing for um, instructional cooking shows. So I grew up without cable because it just wasn't available in the part of the city that we lived in, which was developing at the time. And so every day after school, I would come home and watch all of the PBS, PBS chefs on TV, you know, like <laughs> and Martin Yan and like all of the and, you know, I was just like so fascinated by these instructional cooking shows, these people that would come up there and like whip up these masterpieces while hosting them and it was like my favorite thing as a kid and like that was always what I wanted to do Uh, and so when the pandemic hit you know I was like oh my gosh like I'm not gonna you know get to go to restaurants like nobody's gonna be having parties so I can't you know bring my food to parties or have what am I gonna do like this is you know I, I thrive on this so I'm like what can I do to like help scratch that itch but at the same time I was getting phone calls from everybody, from my sister, you know, from friends, from aunts, even from my mom, like, oh, I went to the store today and there was nothing on the shelves. And, you know, these are the only three ingredients I could find. Do you have any idea on what I could do with that? Or do you remember that thing that you made that one time for dinner? Like, how did you do that? Do you have that recipe? And, you know, everybody was at home cooking for themselves probably more often um, than they had been. Right. And so I was like... I, I, do, I don't remember the exact moment, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a cooking show. And so uh-huh. I just got myself a, like a ring light... Uh, And I put my phone on there and I turned it on um, and I made some stuffed peppers, like some taco stuffed peppers, which was like, I love Mexican food. I could eat Mexican food every night, but, you know, tortillas aren't great for the waistline. Um, So (laughs) I love, you know, stuffing. uh, So I made some stuffed peppers and then I just posted it on YouTube and I was like, I'm going to get on Instagram too and start posting what I eat every day. Uh, And then people just started really taking to it and asking me questions on there. And then all of a sudden, I felt like I had this accountability to people to to like help them through a difficult time because it made me realize like how big of a struggle this is um, for a lot of people every day. And so, you know, I think just kind of given my nonprofit background and what I've done with my career, you know, it's something that I found out that I could come from a place of service. Um, and that's really like what set it off for me. is like, once I figured out that this was like a service and something that could help people, I was like all about it.
0: Yeah. So, so thinking about that and that's, that's so cool. Like that, that was, I mean, it's so funny to see what's being born out of the pandemic. Like this show is being born out of the pandemic, right? Like I, (laughs) I, I do a lot of them, but I love doing it. And I'm like, this started because I got serious about my book launch. And then I hired a book launch team and they're like, oh, you got to do live stream. And I'm like, oh, I've been wanting to do a podcast in forever, but live stream sounds even better because we're live. So it is cool to see people getting creative. And that is, I, I remember like in 08 and even in 2001, You know, every single time there's a crisis, there's a lot of creativity that's baked out of it, right? Because people re- respond and, and, and do interesting things and then something comes out of that. So that's really interesting to hear. Now, before the show, we were talking about how this is kind of a connection between you've always been involved in community building and in, you know, connecting and influencing. And, and now that's all kind of, these worlds all coming together. These different things you either find talent in or, or interest and love in. And, and now you're building this network and a lot of I, So my sister, Lauren and I were, were talking about it she's like, yeah, like you're getting a ton of attention and that you were surprised by it. And so what do you think it is? I mean, obviously people have an interest in food. I mean, that's like, we all live to eat, but, but there's plenty of food people out there putting content out there. Do you have a strategy to attract followers? And uh, what is it that you think is, is really getting people to, this to resonate with people to be attracted to your work? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and supply and demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear, uses directed.
1: Yeah. So I think, so one thing like I really focus on, on big, delicious life is what I like to call healthy-ish. Um, so I do have training um, as a health coach and you know, nutrition and the way we feed ourselves has always been something um, that's of interest to me. I've just kind of always Um, studied that. And, you know, I've struggled with, you know, different food allergies and weight fluctuations and everything like that. So I'm constantly reading about, you know, the science of food, where it comes from this. Um, So I've always been very passionate about where food comes from and making sure that, you know, the things that I put inside my body um, are good quality. At the same time, you know, getting trained as a health coach, you know, and being healthy-ish, I never... And I've tried all different kinds of diets, like, you know, cleanse diets, going vegan, low carb, all this, like none of it ever really felt sustainable to me. Um, And it just wasn't any fun. Um, So, you know, I was like, I'm just going to focus on eating what feels good, what's delicious and like try to eat as many vegetables as I can. But like, I'm still going to enjoy cheese and ice cream and burgers and pizza and Mexican food. Um, But, you know, I will figure out how to sneak spinach in there or kale or like how to make vegetables taste more delicious. So if you look at my platforms, you'll find that there's like some really decadent treats sprinkled in there. But most of it's like really, really plant forward. But, you know, it's uh, just about knowing how to combine different flavors in in interesting ways and maybe even getting people to eat things that they may have not thought that they like because they weren't prepared um, in a way that was appealing to them. So I think that appeals to everybody because I think there's a lot of people out there that really want to eat a little bit better, but they don't want it to feel like something's being taken away from them or like it's a massive chore or like a massive undertaking to start eating more green stuff or like to try a smoothie with spinach in it. So I think, you know, being really authentic and that like, yes, I drink green smoothies and eat salads, but, you know, I also posted yesterday this like ridiculous homemade vanilla ice cream that had like just... An unapologetic amount of cookie dough in it. I was like, this is what I, I was like. I finally, you know, turns out when you make your own ice cream, you can have the mix into ice cream ratio that you really want, which is like 60% cookie dough, 40% ice cream.
0: Um, so, uh, we have an ice cream maker. I'm going to, you know, I haven't even thought about that. I'm going to do like brownie fudge with a little bit of ice cream. That's, yeah.
1: So, you know, I think that just makes it approachable and relatable to people. You know, it's like, I want to eat all of the healthy things and do good things for my body, but like, yeah, I'm gonna also eat the other stuff too and not apologize for it or not demonize for it. You know, I'm never like, oh, it's a cheat day. Like, it's like, no. I felt like celebrating yesterday on Wednesday because I was happy and I made some ice cream. You should make this.
0: <laughs> you know, so yeah, that's good for you. And and I'll, I mean, I'll tell you, like, I struggle with weight forever. I mean, still do, but. Life's too short man and and you know if you have these food issues then you know you got to deal with them but at some point it's like you i just said fuck it i'm gonna enjoy life you know and you know what i discovered because i moved to texas i don't know if you knew that i moved to austin texas
1: yeah
0: and so I'm, I'm never i'm a california person right like I'm born and raised in california and lived there until three years ago dude custard that, like that's not a california thing right like is that a chicago thing no Oh, it's a St. Louis thing for sure, because my sister's husband, Jared, lived in St. Louis. He's like, dude, they have it all over Missouri. So it's amazing. I think it has egg yolks in it when you're making ice cream. That's what the custard is. Yeah. It's, you should try it. Like, Uh, Well,
1: that's actually, maybe I actually made custard yesterday because the recipe I used actually had egg yolks in it. But yeah, I mean...
0: So I, good. <laughs> I, I, I buy it by the by the pint and just yeah it's amazing so now here you are you're like you've gotten some traction by the way I love your food blog like I like I, I check it out like you did some fried chicken sandwich thing like last week or something Was it last? <laughs> I don't know there was a fried chicken something there was a fried chicken something because like I don't know maybe I'm making it up but I'm pretty sure
1: no I did do a fried chicken sandwich it was a couple of months ago but there was a couple of weeks ago where I was having one of those nights where I really wanted fish sticks Maybe that's what it was that you saw. I don't know what it was. I hadn't had fish sticks in years, but I was like, let me see if I can make like an adult version of this that's like not deep fried and also so not highly processed. And so I made these fish sticks one night and they turned out so bomb. Like I had to post them. So What did
0: you and, do? What was your fish stick recipe? I want to hear it.
1: Well, it is posted on there, but it was red snapper, okay. um, which I got and then like mixed up some seasoned flour, got some seasoned breadcrumbs. Um, but the way I like to, to fry things, because I don't really like deep frying, um, is like put the oil, just a little bit of oil in a sheet pan and get that really hot in the oven oh. first. And then you take like that hot sheet pan out and then you lay it on there and it like immediately crunches up the bottom. Um, and then you oh. just flip it over. So it's like an oven-fried type of thing. Delicious. Um but that being said, I think you know. This is not exactly sustainable because it's a lot of work, but I think you know a lot of people find it kind of funny and entertaining that most of my content is real time. Um, So, and I'm not a fatalic. I do everything on my iPhone and, you know, I, most of it is like what I either I'm eating in that moment. It's like, okay, take the pit, like make the food, style it up, take the picture and then eat it. So it's (laughs) like, as soon as the post goes up, like I'll usually post a story of myself, like biting, whatever it is that I eat, you know, a lot of these bigger food platforms, like they're planning contents you know, months in advance and having professional photo, you know, photographers take pictures of their recipes. So I think at this point, it's really fun because people know where I am in this journey and that I'm like scrambling uh, every day um, to Uh find to do that. And, you know, at some point, like I will get big enough, you know, where that might not always be the case, but. you know, we'll see. And sometimes like if something comes out a little bit ugly, I just post it on my stories. Like I made this and it was good, but it's not for the grams.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, you, the grams for like the finished product. That's so funny. Well, anyway, your food looks great. I enjoy watching it. And um, that's, that's really cool. So, so right now you're just like doing this thing, getting some traction. Are you like, doing anything to like figure out how to get more followers or is that not, that's just kind of happening organically. What, what's your strategy on building the platform?
1: So there's a few things that happened. Um, So over the summer, a good friend of mine, she um, lives on an organic farm about an hour and a half outside of the city with her boyfriend and he was primarily a restaurant supplier. And so, you know, that uh, business has obviously changed. In these times and so he was really transitioning to to focusing on csa boxes and getting customers for the farm share and then showing up you know at farmers markets and so she's been really doing a lot of the marketing and she's like you know it's just so much work like they are out there like growing this stuff by hand like there's no machinery on this farm they're like picking everything that day like it's incredible so you know she reached out to me and we used to work together um, in television and she was like, I'd really like to have, you know, some consistent recipes to show the customers what they can do with the stuff in their farm box. Because, you know, a lot of people, you don't know what you're going to get in your farm box. It's like, whatever the crop is that week, like you open it up and you're like, okay, I have 18 zucchini. Like, you know, like what the hell's kohlrabi? I don't know. Um, so every week um, over the, during their season, I've been uh, making up recipes for the farm customers. Uh, and I have a few of my old colleagues uh, from TV that have, or like, helping me create some youtube episodes on the farm which have been a ridiculous amount of fun um to do yeah. because i get to be a far on a farm and like you know <laughs> improvise like okay what do we have today like you know it's i we were out there on sunday and they have just like it's a ridiculous amount of tomatoes so i'm like all right get, get ready everybody you're gonna be everything's gonna have tomatoes this week because i came home with five pounds of them so. <laughs>
0: oh, oh i love tomatoes it's so um, good.
1: So that's been, um, a really interesting way to, to get a following, like, you know, I think just I'm not really focused so much. Yes, I want to grow my following. And, you know, at this point I've realized that monetizing it is possible. And so, you know, I'm putting myself through courses and, you know, looking at other people who have been successful at this and, you know, trying to follow some of their example and learn as much as I can. Focused right now on building my website because I know that that's like the closest thing to, you know, getting to monetization, but it just happened so fast. I was like, oh crap, I got to have a website. (laughs) Um, So the new version of that will hold Hopefully I'm go up next week and I won't keep posting my recipes in the caption on Instagram, which is working fine for now. But, you know, I think as I've kind of, you know, built this up a little bit and got more confidence and, you know, seeing the support that I'm getting from this, I'm really motivated now to be able to provide the structure to, to do this full time. And so that's the goal. But I think in terms of, you know, getting a following, I think it's just, you know, like be authentic, like tell the people who you admire in the industry that like, you like their content, you know, comment on other people's stuff, you know, there's a really incredible community, especially of black women, food bloggers, um, on Instagram that have just been so supportive and like, you know, sharing each other stuff. Like I, uh, if there's products that you love, I would say, you know, definitely reach out to products that you really love. I get approached, I get a lot of actually gifts right now from brands. And I'm starting to to get approached by by more companies. And, you know, I haven't gotten any big paid sponsorships yet, but I'll turn down something that just doesn't feel authentic. Like, you know, I got approached by like a... I don't know, it was like a supplement company or something like that, that wanted me to do. And I was like, you know what, this is not really something that I would use. So
0: right, right,
1: um, right. not something that I would eat. You know, I don't really, I, you know, I use some like powders and things like that in my smoothies, but like I don't really do processed foods or, you know, you won't see stuff like that in my feed. So, you know, if those opportunities come along, I pass on that because that's not what I would normally do. And I think, you know, people who follow you for, what they follow you for are going to appreciate that you stay, you know, your true self and stay authentic to your brand and reach out to the companies that you want to work with and, you know, tag them in your photos and tell them you like your products. And like, they might even send you some
0: stuff. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. That's smart. Is your thought of just doing like when you, if you could go out into the future, like right now, this is something you've been doing for a few months, you started doing it for fun. And now it's like, okay, it's two years from now, three years from now, if you could really imagine like what, Success might look like. Have you thought about it like that, or like? Oh yeah. So what? So what? Is, what does success look like to you, like three years from now?
1: So three years from now, I mean, of course, I'm going to be on the Food Network. So I've already envisioned like what that show would look like, what my set's going to look like, um, who's going to be on my show, like all of those things. That would be the ultimate goal to to have a cooking show, an instructional cooking show. Of course, you know, I'd love to show up as a judge on some of the cooking competitions cuz I love to to eat and taste all different kinds of things. I would love, you know, to be a full-time content creator and, you know, be able to to hire a few people to work with me to do that. I've just been so incredibly lucky to have some really good friends and former colleagues who have been helping me do so much um, just because they believe in me. And like that has really been incredible. Just like having other people jump on and support for no other reason than they think it's fun and they believe in me. And so, you know, having people on board with you doing it just because that it like keeps you motivated for sure.
0: Totally. So um, that's cool. That's really interesting. And, and, you know, like that's how you're going to get there just by, to your point, being authentic and following your interests and your passion. Are you guys enjoying the show so far? Darius here. And by now, you might know that I'm passionate about a few things pizza, pink unicorns, core values, and down, dirty, interesting conversation with some amazing people. However, the biggest one that I've spent most of my career on is entrepreneurship and scale. You see, look, my first few years in business, I spent like probably a good five years of my life getting my freaking teeth kicked. I mean, really getting crushed. And I learned a lot during that time period. So I spent the greater part of the last couple of years helping entrepreneurs scale their businesses in a meaningful way without going through the same growing pains that I did. And what I realized is that CEOs and business leaders don't know if they can scale and thus, they do the right thing at the wrong times. This causes them to lose clarity, lose momentum, alignment, and the bottom line is you lose money. And look, you don't have to do that. It's why I created what I call the scalability assessment, and you can access it 100% for free. That's right, guys. There are perks to listening to the greatness machine. All you have to do is go to dariusscale.com. That's D-A-R-I-U-S scale, S-C-A-L-E.com. And there you can check to see if your business is set up to scale properly it's going to give you a scalability score at the end and it's also going to give you some clarity on what you can do next. Once again guys, that's www.itsdariusscale.com. Once again guys, it's dariusscale.com and now back to the show. People are always like, what do you think it takes to be successful? And the conclusion I've come to, which I'd like to love to get your feedback on this, my definition of success Is if you are living a life where you're working in your strengths in your values and where you're, you know, really having joy, like feeling joy because the things you're doing fall within those two buckets. So I subscribe to, there's a a book called Strength Finder 2.0, which is Gallup's Strength Assessment. I don't know if you know that tool or not, but I like that tool because, and there's different ones. There's like disc and Strength Finder, there's colors, there's, you know myers strengths. I like strengths. I like all of them for different stuff. But I like strengths because it really kind of tells you what you are. It's, it's, a, it's a self-assessment. So you're telling yourself what you are. <laughs> uh, I'm really like my number two strengths communication. It's like, oh, really? I like to talk. Uh, <laughs> but um, I think when you combine your strengths and you combine your values and have a clear purpose, then everything just kind of falls into place. Right. And so My question for you, this is me plugging my book right now because my book's all around how do you build a core value driven organization and I'm all all in on core values. So my question to you is, which of your values do you think are really like alive and well in what you're doing right now?
1: I definitely think, you know, authenticity for sure. I know I said that a few times and vulnerability for sure, Um, you know, to put, food out there or recipes, or, you know, put yourself on the camera. That's a really scary thing. Uh, And, you know, I would say service. And so, you know, if you've watched anything on my YouTube channel, like the first couple of videos were like serious pandemic, it was like at home in yoga pants, like hair all over the place, like, you know what, we're making chicken wings tonight. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) you know, that is just like, what it was and you know, that first couple of times going on camera is still, it's still really scary. But I think if you could put yourself in a mindset of service, like this is not about me and how I look or how I sound on camera, Um, the people who are watching this really don't care about me. Um, they're looking at this because they're hungry, or they want to find out how to make something, or they need this knowledge, or they need some, you know, type of help with something, and they're looking for information. So I get on there, and I'm like, my job is to communicate what I know about what it is that I'm making, and it doesn't matter what I look like. And you know, sometimes I, I mess up, or I, I forget things, or like there's a little blooper in my video. It's like I just don't worry about that. I start laughing, you know, oh. and keep going. Like that's what happens, or you know, you course correct. But I also think, you know, for being successful, you can't, uh, you know, you have to, to find out what you're good at. Definitely know what you're not great at. Um, always keep learning. Always enroll other people in what you're doing because uh, you can't be good at everything and you can't possibly do everything. So sure. as soon as you have the capacity to, to, you know, bring other people in or hire out to do some of those things, like, you know, that is the number one goal in monetizing. This is like, I want to hire out. You know, all the stuff that I know that I'm not good at and don't want to spend time on, like, you know, creating graphics and like writing descriptions and things like that. Like that kind of stuff, you know, video editing, like I'm doing all that stuff now, but that is not my jam. Like, you know, my thing is being in the kitchen and writing down the recipes. And then I think, you know, also like knowing how to pivot. Like, I think I've learned that, you know, just like over the course of my career, you know, I started out in consulting you know, then completely, you know, made a change and went into nonprofit, starting an organization. Then I went into television, of all things. And then, you know, I went back into education and consulting, and now I'm into food. So, you know, there's some common ties between all of those things and what my skill set are. But I think a lot of people, you know, especially when they get to this age, feel like they can't do anything different because it's like, this is what I went to school for. This is what I've been doing for 10 years or you know this or whatever and if anything 2020 has taught us it's like there's really not anything to be afraid of anymore and like things can change just like that and like your job can go away like everything that you thought was like stable and secure is not so if there's something that you want to do or like you are thinking about pivoting or something you want to try like just start by starting because you never know what would happen. I four months, five months ago if somebody or January if anybody had told me in January that I'd have a food platform and I'd be on this show with you, I would have been like, yeah, right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's like, that's gospel right there. Because this is where I'm an entrepreneur, you know, for 20 years and still an entrepreneur, but I've never had an issue with diving in head first. But so I I do think that there's just like, get out of your own way. It's not going to be perfect. Right. Like, dude, I was on a show today and the person got double booked and like literally had to quit in the middle of the show. It was cool. He was like, "I love him." Don DePonte is badass. He's going to be on the show next week. To, yeah. But you know, it was like, middle of the show," he had to leave, and uh, and I was like, "All right." It, okay. it was bummer, but I was like, "Hey, I'm doing live stream. It's not like like things happen when you're live, you know." And what I and what's funny is the greatness machine was an idea I had 18, 20 months ago, and I took me it took me eighteen months to do it because I kept stopping myself for no reason, you know. And yeah. then I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm going to do it." You know, and then I just did it. And so I think you're right. Like, like progress is the, you know, or what is it? Perfection is the enemy of progress, right? So it's like, you just got to like get out there and get after it. And to your point, if you care about it, you'll make it into what it needs to be to be successful, you know?
1: Yeah. Or, you know, it might not look the way that you thought it was going to be, but just like start by starting, you know, I think A lot of times, and, you know, I think this is where my training as like a health and life coach goes in is like we spend so much time analyzing all of the things that could go wrong before we do something. And for me, like in that training, I really learned how to change my mindset and think about start imagining all the things that could possibly go right. So it's, like, instead of worrying about, like, messing up on camera and making something nasty or, like, you know, I don't know, nobody follows you. I'm, like, well, what if it's – assuming everything is going to be hard, you know, I'm, like, what if it's really easy and, like, what if people like my stuff and, like, what if my – what if I'm funny on videos or like, what if, you know, I inspire, you know, I've had a couple family members up who have always dealt, you know, with how to eat healthier and weight and stuff. And I had a family member call me up and she's like, you know what, like my family's eating more vegetables. Like I've learned new things from this. And I was like, that one phone call just made it all worth it. Like, I was like, you mean I had a little, like, I helped you change your lifestyle like a little bit. And she was like, you've made a huge difference for me in how I cook at home.
2: Yeah. And I was like,
1: that's it. That's all, that's all I needed. And I'm like, all right, we'll just keep going with this and see what happens. But at this point, I'm so excited about it. Like, I'm just not thinking about anything that could possibly go wrong. I'm just like, okay, well, what's going to go right next? And like, you know, just keep doing it.
0: That's the mantra, baby. What's going to go right? I love that. Like, like you just made me, you just inspired me. Because I mean, especially when you put yourself out there, it's different when, a, when you're doing a job and, you know, like you're trying to impress maybe like a coworker or, or a partner or something. That that's a different type of. I feel like there's a little less vulnerability than if you're like trying to impress every single person you know. <laughs> like, you know, if nobody watches my show, I feel like I'm kind of like, why am I? You know, there there, is, there you can go to that negative place, which is, well, why am I doing this? if No one cares about it. And, but to your point, why not go in the other direction? Which is, what if everyone loves it? And and if what if the whole world does that? Right? What if everyone's going to that positive place? And I had a friend actually that was on the show. Monique Rhodes, who was on the show on Tuesday. And she said something because I had I had done this presentation on my book to Mortgage Bankers Association. And it was this terrible presentation. Like, like they're like, oh, we get a couple hundred people, like six people showed up. And then like they didn't interact. And I was like, this is like pulling teeth. It was so painful. And so and I I had my show after this, which this is like safe. I love doing this, but I was like, man, I just had the worst show. And she's like, well, Darius, what if you change one person's lives and, and you don't even know? It, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I was like, well, they didn't tell me, so fuck them. No. <laughs> I, I she was right though. She was right. I was in a bad headspace then, but you don't know whose lives you're changing, right? And and if you're in your flow state, then who cares? Like, like you probably will resonate with certain people. They don't need to tell you, but you know They
1: don't need to tell you. And you know, one thing that's been really amazing is like it's been interesting, you know, when you put yourself out there because you know, you have your, your close friends and family, you know, who are always going to support you and, you know, get behind you and watch your stuff and post your stuff and say that you're doing a great job, you know, like your mom and you know <laughs> your sister and your friends. And they're like, cool. And you're like, well, I can do anything and you would tell me that. But I think also, you know, another thing that's fun is I'm hearing from all different kinds of people, you know, who I'm friends with on Facebook or on Instagram, who I didn't even know that I was like within their realm of thinking reach out to me and just say, Hey, I tried your recipe and I really loved it. Or like post on this or like, you know, they'll throw up a picture of like, I made big delicious life's turkey burgers that are full of zucchini and they're so good. I'm like, I had no idea you were being even like following this. (laughs) And so, you know, sometimes it's like, don't focus on who you think is like not watching you because you never know really who is. yeah people could just be like lurking around and you know not commenting or anything like that but there are some people out there who you know maybe just discovered you or maybe you've known you for a long time and like they'll watch you and you know one day somebody's going to contact you and you'll just be like you'll be blown away and you'll be so grateful you'll just be like i i had no idea and it's like that to me is just it's Fun, like it's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'll tell you honestly. Selfishly, for me, I just like having people on because I get to learn from them. And I'm yeah. like, and I'm a learner. That's my number four strength. So I'm like, oh, at least an hour or two a day, I get to learn something from someone that's doing something cool, right? And and I'm like, I don't know if other people find that. If, I'm the number one fan of my own show, right? So, I mean, would so,
1: be. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I'm like, dude, my show is the best. I love it. Like, and, it, and it's because I'm like, look, nobody could be watching this thing. Like, I just learned so much from you, and like. Dude, I had my best friend from high school on the last show, and I got to learn about what, it, what it's like to be a teacher in today's COVID world, right? How would you get that perspective? Like, I like he and I have talked about, barely talked about this for months, but I got to spend 45 minutes talking about it. So to your point, you got to enjoy it. And there was we were talking about this on a show the other day, which was, all you have is the process, right? And we get so, I don't know who lied to humanity and said the, the, the goal is the win. And I it's a lie. Yeah. It, the goal's not the win the process is the win you know
1: and you really have to love the process like i love cooking um obviously you know one of the things i definitely underestimated was just the amount of back back end work that goes into this like the photography you know the writing the the keeping up with it you know i just, i i like to cook every day but sometimes i go through periods where i'm like you know, eating cheese and crackers and, you know, random snacks for days. And I'm like, okay, I got to cook something because I got to stay accountable <laughs> Right, right. platforms, you know, or like uh, the video editing. Like I had no idea how to, you know, use iMovie or like edit videos or like do any of that stuff before I started that. And it was like a really frustrating process and it's still frustrating. I'm still not good at it. Um, but I'm learning and, you know, each video that I make, it's a little bit better. And, you know, I'm looking at my, you know, I had a friend reach out to me the other day and she's like, are you using a different camera? Or like, how do you, your food photos are looking so much better. And I'm like, I'm studying, man. I'm looking at all the people who I like to follow and like looking at the angles. And, you know, it's like, I had a meltdown last week because I spent so much time making something and it was so delicious. And I went to go photograph it. And it just looked like shit.
0: <laughs> like, no, no. <laughs> oh, so good,
1: it was so good. I just like, I went through this whole process of like, all right, I'm going to post this at this time and it's going to get this. Day. I'm going to tag these people it, and these products and exactly what I used. And like, everybody's going to love this recipe and I made it. And it's like, I just couldn't photograph it in a way that was like attractive enough to go on Instagram. So I'm like, I tabled it. And I was like, I ate it. It was delicious. I'll figure it out later. That, um,
0: that should go in your stories. Yeah, would yeah, really be like, this doesn't look good, but this tastes amazing.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know what happened is I put it on my stories and then that's how I got my first product sponsorship. There you go. Cool. <laughs> what,
0: what if everything goes right, right?
1: I, well, exactly. I was so mad about the fact that it didn't look good and then it did, but it tasted good. And I put it on my stories like, oh, I'll work on this recipe and get it to you soon. And I posted a picture of the tool that I used to create it. And the company reached out to me and they're like, we love this recipe. Can we put it in our newsletter? We want to send you some more stuff. Do you want to do a giveaway? I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. Even though I thought it was like a whole disaster after I'd spent all this time creating it and didn't put it on my feed, it ended up being like my first actual paid opportunity.
0: That's awesome. I love that story. That's so cool. Uh, we have another question. It's probably time for our last question. If you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: I only get one thing. Is it like a genre or like a one
0: like uh, Yeah, no, maybe like not like a one, like it has to be a food. So let, let's say like, I'll answer, I'll will say pizza, right? Because that's, a there bit be a and I of even give you a type, but
1: yeah, I would say pizza. It's really hard for me to choose between pizza and burritos. And mostly because like those incorporate all the things that I like, which is like, I, you know, I'm not, I eat meat, but I'm not like a huge meat eater. Meat Meat to me is like something that's like a sprinkling of something in there. And I actually prefer my pizza and my burritos vegetarian. So yeah, but it combines like something bread, something cheese and like something vegetable, savory, saucy, like all in one thing. Mm-hmm. um in one bite i like things where it's like you get all of the things in one bite and you just pick it up like you know that so
0: yeah I, 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 can
1: I either one of those in one day all the time
0: <laughs> yeah i'm with you on that i started with COVID. i started making pizzas every friday night so i do it in a cast iron pan i nice. do like like i think i've actually perfected the, the pan pizza i like i'm gonna claim i've perfected i'll send you pictures because i take pictures
1: when i was at the farm on sunday uh filming youtube videos i actually tried grilling pizzas for the first time so a lot of the recipes that i do on my youtube channel which kind of makes it funny to me are things that i'm trying for the first time i'm like let's just film it and like if it turns out okay i'll post it and if it doesn't like you know then it is what it is like i practice um but that one i haven't edited the footage yet but that should be pretty funny it's like you know was it good it was amazing. It turned out so good. But I, of course, was freaking out thinking that the crust, the dough is going to fall through the grates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works amazing. But, you know, I'm like holding it up and then like throwing it on the grill just like. That's hard. Like a Hail Mary, like hoping this works. It's
0: like my stepdad, my, my mom's husband, he's a pizza guy, right? So he builds pizza ovens. And so they got me one of those uni pizza ovens. I don't know if you oh, know those. Yeah you know, I'm going to say this, like, I realized, that, like, what I don't like about cooking, I don't mind cooking meat on an open grill, but pizza, it really does need some consistent heat, right? You can't have fluctuations. Yeah. Like, I can have fluctuations on heat on a barbecue, and it just means I got to play with the meat a little more, or the, you know, I, I have some wiggle room there. Dude, it ruins your pizza, more or less. If the heat fluctuates a lot, it will ruin your pizza, and so I was cooking on that thing, and there's a lot of heat fluctuations, and so I, I did it a bunch of times, and finally I was like, uh, you know why? Because it's all metal, right? So that doesn't trap the heat. And you, and if you have a big, heavy clay, wood I, wood, like one of those dome pizza ovens, it really holds the heat, right? Yeah. So I, I realized, that's why I started doing cast iron pizzas, because I was like, dude, I, I just love crispy pizza. And it nails it every time. I swear, if you you should do this if you don't. Maybe yeah,
1: I'm gonna try that one. You were asking me actually one thing that I started baking in pandemic, which I hadn't done before, is I made my own, I started making my own pizza dough, which is like something oh. that I never done before. I actually have a video of that up on YouTube, but that was the first time I actually ever made pizza dough was in that YouTube video <laughs> it turned oh. out really
0: good. Are you using King Arthur's flour?
1: Uh, is there any other flour?
0: I mean, you got double zero, like Italian flour, but the King Arthur flour, my gosh! It's like, my favorite. Oh my god! So Mariah makes the dough, and then I make the pizzas with it. And yeah. it, I'm a guy that goes, I eat pizza like like religiously. I don't make, <laughs> I don't buy pizza anymore. I just make my own. I'm like, I can't wait to make pizza. Tomorrow. Oh. Seriously.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to try the cast iron thing. So I did it like, uh, and I don't have any fancy equipment too. I think that's like. And I, like I, like my kitchen aid mixer is probably the fanciest thing that i have and like I yeah. have a food processor but i don't have any other like really like gadgets or anything like that i have a small kitchen and i also i'm like you know i just i don't like a lot of junk and stuff that i so it's hard for me to buy a thing that's like a one trick pony um, yeah. so i just like i read some articles and like some strategies on how to make it in the oven like on a sheet pan where it comes out like thin and crispy um, but I'm definitely into trying that cast iron thing.
0: I do both. So I do this. I paint, I paint the cast iron, uh, you know, whatever it's called, like cast iron skillet. Yeah. Um, I paint it with olive oil. Right. And then, and she uses the King Arthur, but she doesn't do like, they have a crazy one sit overnight recipe, but Mariah does like, it's a one hour recipe and it's bomb. Oh, and wow. then, yeah. It's one hour and it sits, it rises. And then I go and I make it, I take half of it. I make half of it into a thin crust, and I basically, like, stretch it out and throw it on, on a, a cookie sheet. Yep. But I paint it with olive oil, and that's for the kids. That's pepperoni and, and, and cheese. And then there's the deep, basically, the pan pizza. And that one, so here's the trick. So check this out. You paint it with, the, with olive oil. There's olive oil in the actual dough recipe, too. So yep. it really has a buttery, wonderful, like, like, texture and taste. But here's the trick. Here's the, like, this is, like, I'm giving you a cheat sheet. So I, I get it out and it's kind of, I do like a medium crust, not too thick, not too thin. I let it go up on the sides of the cast iron and then I put a little cheese on the bottom and then I put it in the oven for about five minutes. And yeah. I let the cheese kind of like coagulate on the bottom. Then I go sauce, then I go seasoning, then I like load up vegetables and I try to get all the water out of the vegetables. So I do like artichoke hearts, uh, olives, black olives, mushrooms. So you can load up, I mean load up, it's like a pot. Yeah. Load it up, then I do cheese on top of it, and then I put it in at 550 degrees. Nice. So this is, I'm telling you, I've been experimenting with this for five months. Well, I, I,
1: yeah, I definitely am going to try it, but I'm like, I like that cheese move there because that cheese on the crust, that creates that kind of sealing layer. So like, the crust, yeah, the crust stays crispy with that. That's, that's, a, that's a veteran trick right there.
0: I read a recipe in the New York Times, and, and, I, try, and I kept messing it up. But last week was, I mean, I'm telling you, I probably tried it like eight times until I finally got it. And that last one, the first time I did it, I went, you'll know, love this because you're a Bay Area person. I went like, have you ever had Zachary's in Berkeley?
1: Mm, I don't know. I are on <laughs>
0: in Well, in the city, they had Little Star, right?
1: Yeah, I definitely remember Little Star. Right,
0: so I went Little Star style, which was toppings, then sauce on top. Yes. And I was like, nah, it just didn't go. So then I went the other way and I kept screwing it up. But I will tell you that first time I did it with the sauce on top, it was so crispy. It was like insane. I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. But I don't really like the sauce on top. So then I tried it again a few other times and kept screwing it up. The last time I did it, I got the same thing, which is deep dish. It's almost like I don't like the Pizza Hut's the best pizza, but they do have that deep that cast iron pan, pizza
1: They meal. have that texture. That that's a texture thing going on there. I get yeah, it. yeah. And,
0: <laughs> so my, my, but it's so greasy, it kind of ruins it, right? Because it's super greasy. Mine was like crunchy, crispy, and it had like literally probably a pound of vegetables in it. So there you
1: go. I, uh, that's definitely going on the rotation for next I, week for
0: sure. I want to see it on your food blog. You do it, and then I want to see it on your food blog. So I'm
1: name it the Darius.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> I, 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 dude, I'm so pumped. So in wrapping up, two things. First of all, last meal on earth. What will be your last meal on earth? I
1: had a last meal on earth?
0: Yeah. It can uh, be from a restaurant. You can make it. It can be from a family member. You can have alcohol in it, drinks, whatever you want. Last meal on earth. Like literally you finish the meal and like three minutes later, you're done.
1: Like everything that I would want to eat?
0: Last meal on earth. Like, um,
1: definitely give me some pizza, some fried chicken, a bourbon, um, And maybe like a Caesar salad.
0: Oh, uh, all right. I love maybe it.
1: A side of fries.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you're just Morgan's it. That,
1: I a, mean, it's the last meal on earth.
0: Did a bite of each. I love that. That's so awesome. So, where can people find you?
1: Uh, people can find me Big Delicious Life. That's my name on all of the platforms. Right now, I'm most active on Instagram and on YouTube. Um, I'm getting my website together. I'm hoping to launch that next week so that all of my recipes will be searchable instead of having to scroll through Instagram. I really would love it if people would check out my videos on YouTube and subscribe. You know, that's one of the, the channels I'm hoping to build as I work towards monetizing this and making it my full-time job. So um, that would be incredible. And I'm just happy to, to, for more people to join me in my kitchen and, and get to know you.
0: Dude, I'm going to go follow you and you follow me. How about that? So then we'll add a follower that way.
1: Perfect. <laughs> All
0: right. So guys, you you heard it. You heard it here first. Uh, So pumped. Jessica, so, I had so much fun. Thank you for being on the show. It was so Thanks
1: cool. Thanks so much. I had too much fun too.
0: Yeah, super cool. So guys, follow us on Facebook at The Real Darius M. Or go to my website, realdarius.com. Subscribe to the YouTube. And uh, yeah, check out Jessica. The, the Big Delicious or Big Delicious? Safe Big order.
1: Delicious Life.
0: Big Delicious Life on Instagram and on YouTube. And when you're there, stop by, say what's up to me. I won't be shy. Uh, thank you guys so much. Have a good one. and We'll talk to you guys later. You are listening to The Greatness Machine and that's a wrap for today. Guys, The Greatness Machine is all about two things. People who are living their passions and those who are creating greatness in the world. And we feature these messages and speakers so it can help you step into your greatness within your own life and your own business. If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you're tuning in from and leave us a review. We love getting reviews for the show. If the episode made you think of someone who is leveling up in their business and life, print screen it, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to learn from one another. You can also go to our website, www.thegreatnessmachine.com. That's www.thegreatnessmachine.com. And on there, You'll see special tools to help you scale your business faster, show notes for the episode to help you integrate the lessons, and you will also get links that came out during the show. So on their look, you can also grab a copy of my book, The Core Value Equation, which is a resource for helping CEOs and business leaders establish core values from their teams that don't suck. And mind you, a lot of them suck. Get access to this and more at www.thegreatnessmachine.com. With that said, you guys, look, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. we out of here. See you guys next time.
2: Uh This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media